Thank you, ladies. I'm thankful that day soon, soon approaching us today when justice will be served. You can count on that. And I want justice down here. I do. And I believe that that's a right of every American to have justice. But I'm glad that one day justice will be served. Amen. Boy, when I get to thinking about that old devil getting thrown in the lake of fire, it makes me just want to shout. I don't know about you, but he's given me a lot of trouble in my life. He's causing a lot of trouble in all of our lives. Man, they're going to bind them with a chain. Did you know today, this morning in heaven, somewhere in heaven, I don't know where it's at. It might be under the throne in a box somewhere, Brother Larry, but there is a chain that's got Lucifer written on it. Amen. Amen. And it's waiting on him. And God ain't going to bind him one of the angels. You see, God's so powerful, he don't even, he's going to just send one of his angels, they're going to bind him with a chain. He's been dragging people around for thousands of years by his chains. But I'm glad God's going to put one on he can't weasel out of. Brother David, when they throw him in the lake of fire, I don't know, I don't have Bible for this. This is just wishful thinking right here. I just hope I can look over and tell him goodbye one more time. Amen. And oh, when that when the gate when the doors of hell close, do you think we're just gonna stand around and say, "Well, that was pretty good." Well, I'm boy. I, well, praise the Lord. That was, no, I, I don't know what it's gonna be like, but I believe it's gonna sound sound like something we've never heard before. The roar that's gonna rise. Have you ever been to a a big ball game where there's a lot? I've been. I love going to. I hope they have football. If they don't this fall, y'all gonna have to get me a, a, a appointment with a, a psychologist or something because I'm gonna need some therapy. But have you ever, I've been there before, and, uh, and uh, unfortunately, I've been there when my team lost. And I've been in, uh, I've been in Nayland, it's been a long time ago, Brother Hunter, it's been like, I don't know, I, may be, I don't know if I could walk when this happened, but we got beat up there, and, uh, and uh, you say, what'd you do? I left, I left early, and, uh, and, 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 and when you get away, you can hear, there's, it's, it's, there's just something about when you hear 100,000 people all rejoice at the same time. It's, 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 you can almost feel the ground shaking. But the Bible says, Brother there's going to be ten thousands times ten thousands times ten thousands in heaven, millions upon millions. And I believe when the old devil goes into hell, I believe it's going to sound like you took, if you could take a thousand football stadiums and put, it won't even compare to the sound that's going to come up in that day. And uh, boy, I thank the ladies for singing those songs. Bless my heart. And this morning we're going to look in Matthew chapter 8. I do want to preach what the Lord's given me today and been excited about preaching this message. I wanted to preach it last Sunday, but the Lord wouldn't let me. And so, but I'm glad he didn't because uh, he showed me some more things that I didn't see to begin with this week as I've thought about it, meditate upon it. And this morning, uh, normally we would stand, but this morning we're going to read quite a few scriptures, and I believe that's okay, isn't it? Uh, but for the sake of your knees and your feet, I'm going to allow you to, or, or you, I want you to remain seated, and make no mistake, you can reverence God's word seated as you can standing. And um, I don't, you know, I, if, I've had people tell me, you know, that's it's wrong, but I want, I want to ask them when they're riding down the road listening to Christian radio, and the preacher begins to read, do they stand up in their car? And uh, can you imagine uh, Miss Carolyn trying to stand up in her, her, uh, her uh, little car, trying to go? That'd be a sight to see, wouldn't it? And, uh, but anyway, so we're going to read several verses, and we're going to start in Luke, in Luke chapter number 7, and then we're going to go back to Matthew. And so I ask you to pray. In fact, why don't we pray? 
right now that the Lord will bless the, the preaching and the reading of the Word. Father, God, I ask you now that you'd help me. What a wonderful joy it's been to be here. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for saving a wretch like me. And Lord, I thank you so much that you saw fit to put me in your holy family. And Lord, to write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Lord, I'm so glad that the day's coming, Lord, when there will be justice for all. Lord, I'm so glad there's coming a day, Lord, when we'll meet in another land where it won't be white or black or it won't be American or Italian. But Lord, it won't be, it won't be Mexican or, or, or Chinese. But Lord, it'll be one people who are bought by one blood and are under one name, the name of their father. And Lord, I pray today that you would enable me to preach, Lord, with power. And I pray, God, the message you've burned in my heart, that you'd burn it in the hearts of those that are here. And I pray, God, most of all, if there's one that's lost today, that's under the sound of my voice, watching, Lord, on the uh, live stream or listening in the parking lot or seated in this sanctuary today, I pray, God, from the bottom of my heart, Lord, you convict their heart and help them to get saved today. Lord, that's what my desire is. And I know that's the desire of your heart for folks to be saved. And I pray, God, they would today. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 7 and uh, verse number 1. And doing things a little different than I normally do, but that's all right. I'm going to go ahead and give you what I'm going to preach on this morning before we read. I'm all out of whack. I had this thing lined out, planned out. That extra hour of Sunday school has got me all messed up. <laughs> Brother Mike, you were here. I got up here at 945, and I looked around. And I said, everybody here has done laid out of Sunday school this morning. I was, I was, I was about half upset, and I, I, I got to thinking, and Miss Bertine, I said, there's no way that Miss Bertine didn't come to Sunday school. And I sat in here and moped around, for, and then I realized that we weren't having Sunday school today. But anyway, that extra hour has got my mind messed up. But this morning, I'm going to preach on this thought. There's two sides to every story. There's two sides to every story. How many of you had children, and maybe you have children, and uh, I always wanted to be the first one to get my side out uh, when, there was, when there was problems at the school. Anybody, can I get a witness with that? Amen. Thank God in my day, there was no such thing as cell phones. If there had been, I probably would have died many years ago. <laughs> Seriously. But we had an answer machine. And, uh, and that was one of the worst inventions of man. You know, before that, they'd call and call. And I just, you know, just unplug the phone or set it off there for a couple hours. And they never would get through. But anyhow, uh, I'd always try to get to that answer machine before Mama did. And, it, it, and that, on that answer machine, uh, yes, Mrs. Uh, Martin, this is Mr. Thought, the the principal at Gainesville High School, I just need to talk to you about your son today. We had a little incident at school. And I'm like, okay, delete, delete, delete. That's the, uh, my, yeah, were there any messages today? Oh, no, that's trying to sell something. I don't know. But anyway, have you, you know what I'm saying. Have your, do you ever notice like when you got two kids that, that get in a fight? or argue, I know y'all's kids don't do that. Mine do. It, it, it's, it's like there's a mad rush. Who can get to dad or mom first and get their story out? And as a parent, you know this, you have to sit back and realize there's two sides to every story. And you can't really understand what's happened until you hear both sides. I, I, I mean, I see what's going on right now in our nation, and, 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 and people are, 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 are refusing to understand either side of the story. 
people want to be on one side and say, this is how it is. And then you got those on that side that say, this is how it is. And the ones over here don't want to hear the ones over there. And the ones over there don't have ones over here. But I believe as Christians, it's our responsibility to hear both sides of the story. And in Luke, we, the reason I said that is in Matthew 8 and Luke 7, we have the same event, but there's two sides of the same story. And I've read and studied, there's some men that try to say there's contradictions. I want to say this, there are no contradictions in your King James Bible. What we have here was two men that wrote about one event from two different perspectives. And uh, when you study your Bible, you'll find, man, this, I'm just so out of where my norm right now. This is not how I normally do, but I just feel this is what God wants me to do. When you read your Bible, you understand Matthew was written with a Jew in mind. Matthew shows Jesus as the king of the Jews. So when we read the Matthew account, I want us to see that from that view, that side of the story, we're seeing Jesus as the king of the Jews, as a king. But on Luke's side, Luke, he was a physician. He wrote the, the gospel according to Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts, two treasures that we have in the Word of God. Luke was a physician. Luke was a man that had studied the, man, studied the body and had studied man. He knew man. And so Luke, it, it portrays Christ as the Son of Man. So in Matthew, we see this side of the story. It shows Jesus as a king. And when we read it, that's where we're probably going to preach from this morning is, is, uh, is the Matthew for the most part. And we're going to look at it from the king's perspective. But in Luke, when you read it from Luke's perspective, we're seeing Christ as a kinsman, as a kinsman, as a son of man. And, and we see the, the human side of this event. Now quickly, in Luke chapter number 7, we don't, I was going to read all these verses, but here I am. Uh, here I am. I'm just going to give you this. We find on Luke's side of the story. Let's talk about Luke's on this side of the story this morning. What we have here is the details of the healing of the centurion's servant. And the, this, man, this man had a servant. We know that a centurion was a Roman soldier. He had a hundred soldiers under his command. And uh, he had a servant. He wasn't just any servant. He was a young servant, a boy. And he wasn't just any boy. He was precious to him. He was dear unto him. And that boy was sick of palsy. Palsy in the Bible is par paralysis. He was paralyzed. He was numb. He couldn't walk. He couldn't help himself. He couldn't go to Jesus. But he had somebody who was willing to go to Jesus for him. Amen. And, and so in Luke's account of this, I, I want, we're going, I'm going to give you this. We're going to go on. In Luke's account, we find four great truths on this side of it, on, on, on the Son of Man side of it. The first truth is this. Now follow me. Kindness always overcomes hate. Rome, look in chapter 7 and verse 3. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Who are we talking about? A centurion. What did I say? What kind of centurion was he? A Roman centurion. Who did he send to Jesus? Elders of the Jews. 
There were not two groups of people that hated each other more than a Roman centurion and they, 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 they did not. The Jews, if they could, would have pushed them Romans right off in the ocean, but they didn't have an army. They, they, were, they were forcefully made to submit to Roman rule. The Romans couldn't stand the Jews. Why? Because they was always fighting and arguing and they, they couldn't stand to be there. Like when you take your kids somewhere they don't want to go. I don't want You know, that's the way they were. But Brother David, the Bible says there was a centurion. And that, cert, uh, that, that in verse 3, that they sent the elders of the Jews beseech him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. The Jews, the elder Jews said the Roman centurion was worthy of Jesus to come to they, they were saying good things about this Roman centurion. And look at this. In verse 5, for he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. So we learn, now follow me, this is very, I don't try to preach, you know, uh, the, you know I don't look at the newspaper to get my sermons, and it, but this, it's amazing to me, God would not let me preach this last Sunday, but he wanted me to preach it this Sunday. And here we are for several months. We've been going through the miracles of Christ. And it just happens that on this day, at this time, here we are. And this has everything to do with what you're seeing right now all across our nation. Follow me. The cure for hatred is kindness. The Romans hated the Jews. The Jews hated, and both of them had good reason to hate the other. Both of them had good, if you talked to a Jewish man, by the time he got done talking to you, you couldn't stand the Romans. But if you spent some time with a Roman man, by the time you got done, you couldn't stand the Jew. And if you listened to both of them, by the time it was over, you weren't like nobody. Everybody had something wrong with them. But the Bible says that this man, now follow me, follow me. The centurion had a servant that was sick, a son, a young son, a young boy. And he called the elders. He knew Jesus was a Jew. And when, by the way, oh, there's so much. And, and Brother David's preaching. That's, we may have to continue this into the June section of our sermon series. But I don't want to miss this. Can I just slow down just to preach from my heart? I'm trying to help y'all. And know the cure for hatred is kindness. The centurion had no idea that one day he was going to have a servant that needed to be healed. Brother David, when he built that synagogue for these Jews, he had no idea that one day he was going to need a, boy, a man named Jesus who was a Jew. But this Roman centurion, out of kindness of heart, out of his own money, out of his own finances, built a synagogue, a place for them to worship, and gave it to them. They hated him. They wished he would die. How did he respond? He built him a synagogue. And now he needs them. And by the way, y'all, we need each other. Amen. Amen. I'm so tired of everybody being at odds with each other and mad at each other. I mean, it's gone plumb. It's gone to a new level in our nation. People are wanting to fight over everything, argue over everything. It's time that we drop all these things and say, listen, we're all in this wicked world together. We've all got problems. We all got burdens. And we can do a lot better by being kind to each other than by hating each other. 
And listen to me, that person that you want, that maybe your family taught you to hate or your grandparents taught you to hate, you better show them kindness. Because there might come a day in your life when you need them more than you need anybody else. What I'm saying is, how did the Roman centurion respond? And by the way, the Jews showed kindness to him as well. Because when he needed them to go to Jesus, they didn't say, well, you can go yourself. You're a centurion. They said, no, we're going to do kind to you. You see, there's mutual kindness. Listen to me this morning. I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying to be sensitive, but I want to be honest and be truthful this morning that the only solution to hate is kindness. The answer is not to rob stores and burn buildings. Amen? Amen. That's not the answer. I believe in the right to protest. I do. That's an American right. We have the right to protest peacefully. Amen? Amen? But no man deserves to be beaten and to be bludgeoned because of the color of his skin, whether he be white or whether he be black. No man deserves to have his business looted and robbed at the, because of the color of his skin. And, and no man deserves to have a, a, a knee put on his neck and killed in, in cold blood in the streets of Minnesota. That's not right neither, by the way. But listen to me. The answer for hate is not robbing and looting and burning and hurting and killing and and abusing. But it's also not, the answer for hate's not hanging a doll in front of the Capitol depicting our governor. A lot of people don't want to deal with that. That's wrong. That's just as wrong. You see, that's hate. That's hate. The only way to overcome hate is kindness. It's not threatening people or arguing with people on Facebook or social media. It's not looking down upon people. It's not mistreating people. It's not ignoring people and not listening to people. I believe at some point this centurion had, had entered in and had, had become friends with these Jews and had listened to them and they had talked to him and they had learned that each one of them had, that, that they were both human beings. They both had red blood in their veins and they both had problems that they needed to deal with. Both the Jews and the Romans had many reasons to dislike each other. But here we see that hate was overcome by kindness. I'm no expert on any of this, but I really believe the answer to this is kindness. It was kindness. If we, if we would be more kind to those that hate us, if we would be more kind and not always be defensive and always ready to uh, go to war and always walking around with a chip on our shoulder and always trying to be contentious. And, and by the way, we, we come up with all these presuppositions about people and we want to say because where they live, because of the vehicles they drive, the jobs they have, their social standing, we want to go ahead and give them these different things that we think they are before we ever know who they are. Listen to me. That, we've got so much hate because of that. Amen. This man showed kindness. Kindness overcomes hate. How are we to do this? How are we to, how, how, people say these bridges are so wide they cannot be crossed. Brother Larry, I think it can by one kind deed at a time. And I'm going to say this, some of the best friends I've had in my life to this day 
were black men. And some of the best people I've ever met were black people. And I want to tell you, listen, they're sorry white people too. I know a whole bunch of them. You hear me? And, there, and there's sorry, every race has got, so, I mean, there's, and, and what I'm saying is, it's time that we stop trying to get even. It's almost like we want to see if we can take it to another bar and take it a little more and take it a little more. Listen, how can we overcome it one kind deed at a time? One kind deed at a time. If you meet someone out in the public that's different than you, be kind to them. You say, well, they're a Muslim. Be kind to them. Be kind to them. If you were raised in the Middle East, you'd probably be a Muslim too. Well, they're a homosexual. Well, let me say, if you had gone through what they, you might be that way too. I don't know. People don't like to hear that. But I tell you what, they still deserve for us to be kind to them. My Bible says, speak the truth in love. Listen to me, love, the Bible says, covers a multitude of sins. And listen, I'm so tired of hate. And I'm so tired of people being mean and hurtful. And I'm so tired of watching people suffer because of things that are out of their control. The next time you kids go, if you go back to school, those kids that have got problems, you ought to be kind to them. There's a lot of things I despise. But but bullying is the thing that's on top of my list. I can't stand it. I'm just going to tell you, I can't stand it. And did you know that here I am, 37 years old, and Brother Dade, I can still remember words that people said to me when I was seven, eight years old in grade school. And you can say those people's names to me, and I, it's almost like that it just happened. You see, listen, there's, the Bible says that there's the power of death and life in the tongue. By our words and by our actions, you children, those children, the ones that maybe they're a little overweight or maybe they've got physical health problems or mental problems or maybe they're just different. Mate, listen, did you know that every kid doesn't have a parent that will give their every dime and every dollar to help them? You know not every, every kid don't have a parent like that. Every child doesn't have a parent that will get up before daylight and work till dark just so their child can have shoes and clothes and, and nice things. Every kid doesn't have that. Every kid doesn't have a mom and a dad sitting at the table eating with them at night. You don't know the hell they go through every day in their life. You don't know the torment they go through. They've been abused from the day they was born, some of them. Some of them, before they ever were born, they were abused. With parents that did drugs and, 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 and were out and used alcohol and it caused them to have those physical ailments that they have. They didn't have no they had no say in that. They had no, they didn't have anything to do with that. And you are a sorry, low down, good for nothing punk if you mistreat a child because of any of those things. You don't know how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it. And let me say to the adults, we all be the same, we all love each other the same. I refuse to be a part of a church where there's cliques and classes in the church. I've seen it my whole life. A family comes and they got a little money, they got a little pull, and they get special treatment. And then you've got another family that people walk right by and they want to look at. Everybody wants to run and shake that man's hand. That, oh, and wants to do that. You know, listen, that's just, I want to be, I want to be real careful here. 
That ain't Christ-like. You men that work jobs and you ladies, y'all be kind to people. Kind to them. It breaks my heart. So much good could come from being kind. This man did a kind deed. He built him a synagogue. Did you know he never went in that synagogue? He couldn't. He was, he was forbidden to go in that synagogue. Can you imagine someone doing something like that today? He was not allowed. Their law forbid him from going in that place. But he didn't do it for them. He did it to be kind. All I'm saying is it doesn't matter what a person believes. It doesn't matter. My Bible does not teach me to hate anyone. Anyone. But instead show kindness to them. I believe Jesus was a man that showed kindness. From the day he was born to the day he died, he was a kind man. Even in his dying hours on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Those people hated him. They murdered him. They lied about him. But yet he still was kind to them. It breaks my heart. And if God allows you to cross paths with someone that's different than you, I hope y'all understand, I'm not teaching Joe Osteen religion here. I'm teaching Jesus Christ religion. You can let a person know how you believe and do it with love and still be kind to them. Whatever happened to being able to disagree with someone and still be friends? But I, I believe that our lives would be better and the lives of those we know would be better if, of, if instead of trying to look for reasons to, be diff, to, to, to disagree, we would try to seek to look for things to agree on. That man that's running that gas station, he looks different than you do. He sounds different. He even smells different. But you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to provide for his family. And you say, well, bless God. If you know what that man deserves? Kindness. Instead of walking in that convenience store and calling him some slanderous name, some... You know what I'm saying when them slant? Be kind to them. Say, so how's your day? Are you doing all right? Can I, is there anything? When you go out, pick up the trash that people throw out in front of us. Amen. Did you know some of them, they live in those gas stations? They sleep there. They live there. That's all they got. You say, well, you know, listen, I'm not trying to get in all. I'm trying to say is as a Christian, it's our job to be kind. And man, this really has gone a different route than I imagined, but this must be what the Lord wants us all to hear. Kindness over hate. I believe Baptist people ought to be kind to the Church of Christ people. I didn't say agree with their doctrine, but be kind. And when you see one, don't say, oh, he's a Church of Christ. No, he's a person. I believe... Baptists should be kind to Presbyterians. Did y'all know this? I know this is going to really get me in trouble, but if I'm not in trouble already, I guess there ain't, I mean, you know, once you get, once you get, once you get on that interstate and those blue lights come on, 
and you get up to about 105, and you've gone, bro, Jace, you might as well put her in the wind. I mean, you're done going to jail. Might as well go. What's another 30 days? I'm not condoning that behavior. I'm just using it as an illustration, a parable. I'm speaking in parables as Jesus spoke. Um, I know this is going to dis- dis- disturb some, but you just need to be disturbed. When we get to heaven, you're not going to have a bee on your forehead. I got Bible for this, by the way. Lots of it. There's not going to be a B for Baptist. And then over here, there's going to be the P for Presbyterian and the M for Methodist. You understand? You know what's going to be written on our forehead? The name of our God. That's it. And so how come we can't be kind to people we disagree with? There's nobody in Graves County that disagrees more with Calvinism than I do. Nobody. I believe, I, let me just tell you, I'm against it. But I can be kind to a Calvinist. There, there's nobody disagrees with baby baptism more than I do. But I can be kind to a Methodist. There's nobody disagrees with women preachers and tongue talking in church more than I do. But I can be kind to a Pentecostal church of God. You understand, we don't have a monopoly on the grace of God. I don't know where that teaching come in. Uh, the Baptists have a monopoly on the grace of God. We've got no, we, it's, it's the grace of God. It ain't the grace of the independent local New Testament, independent fundamental King James Baptist Church. It's the grace of God. Right. And what I'm saying is we can disagree but still be kind. Hatred is not the answer. So <laughs> kindness overcomes hatred. In this Luke, now remember we're looking at one side of the story. Now, there's another side. We're going to get to that other side probably in the weeks to come. But on this side of it, we said kindness overcomes hate. Verse number 6, we see humility overcomes pride. Pride. Pride, listen to me, pride is something we all struggle with. We We are all naturally inclined, listen, we are all naturally inclined to think more of ourselves than we should. All of us. All of us. In verse 6, it says, Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far off from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy. I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. If anyone in Capernaum, listen now, had reason to be proud, he did. He had climbed the ranks in the Roman army. He was a centurion. Not only that, he was a wealthy man. He had servants and he had a big house. He had enough money to build a synagogue. I know that. If y'all know anybody like that, tell them, you know, we'd be glad them to be kind to us. I've heard people, well, you know, I've heard of lost people dying and leaving us to, to and that's all, we, uh, you know, right, uh, Elijah ate bread from a raven. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I ain't going, you know, anyhow. If anyone, listen, if anybody in Capernaum had a reason to stick out his chest and say, hey, everybody, guess who's coming to my house? Jesus is. The one that healed the nobleman's son, he's coming to my house. The one 
The one that healed that leper just a minute ago, he's coming. The one that, that, that touched Simon Peter's mouth, he's coming. And, and, and when he got there, if he had been like us, a lot of us, we said, Lord, you sure are lucky to be coming to my house today because I'm something around here. I'm a big shot. The Jews even like me around here. I, I mean, I'm invincible around here. I've got them on my side. I've got the Romans on my side. I've got Caesar on my side. I'm big stuff. But you know what he said? This is what he said. I'm not worthy. Amen. That word worthy means sufficient. He said, Jesus, I'm not able to have you in my house. I'm not fit for you to visit with me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm nobody. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm nobody. <coughs> if he could be humble... We could be humble. Do you know what a lot of the root cause of our trouble is? Pride. I wrote this down. Humility is a flower that can only grow in the garden of grace. Humility overcomes pride. My mom, when I was just starting out preaching, she told me this, and I may have already shared this with you, but she said, son, always take the humble route. When you've got a decision to make, when you kids or parents, whoever, when you've got a choice to make, you've got two options. What does our flesh want to do? It wants to choose the one that benefits us the most, that makes us look the best, makes us feel the best, that, that is what we want. But what she was saying is, and it's helped me so many times, take the humble route. Take the humble route. I'm trying to hurry. Verse 6 through 8, we see faith overcomes doubt. Faith overcomes doubt. He said in verse 7, Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Amen. Say in a word. In Matthew, we'll get to it. I like what he said. In that he said, speak the word only. Speak the word only. You know tonight, today, you know what troubles me, and this is what's convicted me as I've pondered on this this week. A Roman centurion had more faith in the word of God than sometimes I do. But faith overcomes doubt. I want to ask you this morning, why do you need something more than God's word to believe him? We'll say this, Lord, if you'll pay that bill, Lord, if you'll do this, if you'll do that, if you'll do this, if you'll give me that promotion, if you'll, if you'll do, if, if all these things will happen, then, Lord, then I believe. He said, no. He said, just speak the word. That's all I need, Lord, is the word. <laughs> That's all I need is you to speak. And listen, this morning, that should be our desire. Faith overcomes doubt. I said it earlier, there's so much to cause us to doubt today. But real faith, real faith sees the invisible, laughs at the impossible, and cries aloud in thanksgiving even before the work is even done. Faith overcomes doubt. And I'm done, verse 10. And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. Grace overcomes every need. <laughs> I preach a lot of messages 
I really do. I, I mean, I, and I enjoy it. But, Brother David, you know as well as I do, there's some that really preach to me. And uh, this is really preached to me. There's no need that you and I will ever have that grace can't answer. You girls that are gradu have graduated going on to, there's no need you'll ever have that grace can't meet that need. Listen, the greatest of people still have the greatest of needs. I doubt there would be one person in Capernaum that would have a bad word to say about this centurion, but he still had a need. By all accounts, he was a good man. By all accounts, he was a successful man. By all accounts, he was a, a, a moral man, a, a kind man, a gracious man. All these things that, 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 that you would see in this man. He was a great man, but he still could not help this, son, this young servant come back. He could, there, there was a problem, and listen, that problem is what drove him to Jesus Christ. The greatest of men still have the greatest of needs. This was a need that his 100 soldiers couldn't help him with. This was a need beyond him and all of his resources. But it was not a need that was beyond the grace of Almighty God. <laughs> and this morning, I don't know what your need is. But there's grace for every need. Amen. Not just grace, there's more grace. Amen. Over there in James uh, 4, in verse 4, I believe it is, he says, He giveth more grace. He giveth more grace. And when you listen to me, you can live a hundred years in the Christian life and you'll never even break the surface of the grace of God. Amen. The God's grace is so deep and so wide. That you and I, are, it's, it, it's impossible for us to either, even to get past the surface of the grace of God. No matter what need we may have, it could be a physical need, a financial need, an emotional, spiritual, a, a family need. It could be a, a job need. Whatever it is, you could be lost and, be, and have a sin need. And grace is greater than every need. This man taught us some valuable lessons on this side of the story. This morning, if you and I could learn these four lessons, we could live a happy life. And if the people in this room, I'm not going to say how many is here, but, you know, more than a handful is here. We'll keep that on the DL. But down low for you that ain't. Down low, that means like, I don't think some of y'all might know what down low means. So it means like, you know, under wraps. Quiet. Um, if we can learn these four lessons, imagine if these people in this room that are here today would show kindness instead of hate. Faith instead of doubt. Humility instead of pride. And we all realize that there's grace for every need. How would, different would our world be? But how different would this world be? If everybody we come in contact when they made us mad, we said, kindness over hate. When they rubbed us the wrong way, kindness over hate. When they posted some idiotic thing on Facebook and we're... 
exclamation, mad face, mad face, mad face, exclamation, exclamation, mad face, mad face, red face, sick puking face, <laughs> devil face, witch on a broomstick face. Instead of doing that, if we just said, I love you, I'm praying for you. They probably, they probably have an increase in cardiac arrest in the hospital. What about men if our wives? Oh, here we go. Father's Day is coming, boys. I got a good one for y'all. What if instead of when your wife just rubbed, you know, they know how to, they know how to push our buttons. Amen. Y'all can say amen, bro. Mark, it's all right. <laughs> hey, she can't eat you. You'll be all right. <laughs> she does feed them. <laughs> hey, Wilma's is back open, though. You can live for a little while. You might have to get another credit card, but when your spouse, let's do that. Let's make this fair on both sides. When they do that thing, they know that, you know, and instead of giving the normal reaction, you know, you act just like your mama. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you just said, you know what? I'm trying to, I've never done this, so I'm trying to figure out how it would go. But <laughs> I told y'all this sermon was really preached to me this week. How much better would it be if we just said, Okay. Hey, I love you. Yep. It ain't going to get to me this time. You sneaky little devil. I mean, you I don't know if y'all have gotten anything from this today, but I hope you have. Kindness over hate. Humility over pride. Faith over doubt. And grace over every need.